Anybody want to guess what our theme is uh, in this conference? Here's how that came about. I was uh, preaching a series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, We had just gotten to the section, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, we had studied that. Right on the heels of that, our session, this was last fall, was picking our theme, our verse of the year that we would focus on throughout the year, which is we ended up with Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so there was that, and then in praying about our our mission theme for this year, uh, it just seemed uh, that just had to be what it was. So let's ask ourselves today, and as I read to you uh, from a couple of passages that are read at mission conferences everywhere, always, the, the commission, the call to go to the world. So I want, I want us to ask ourselves, what does it mean in terms of global missions, for his kingdom to come. We read in Matthew 6, verse 10, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then over in Matthew 28, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm I'm with you always to the end of the age. And Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, will you now in these next few moments... Apply your word. You've told us that's how we should pray. For your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will you show us ever so clearly by your precious Holy Spirit how global missions is exactly that? Will you teach us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you 
four ways God's kingdom comes and four illustrations from parts of the world. So how does it come? You are going to hear me over and over today say the phrase, God's kingdom comes when. The first thing, and we've always got to start with this, God's kingdom comes when salvation comes to an individual. There are some very encouraging things going on in our world today. I know that our tendency is to, to focus on the things that, uh, that aren't happening or the things that are going the opposite way of what, what we would hope. But there are, are missiologists. I've got a book on my desk right now uh, uh, written about this. There are missiologists that are telling us that they believe that there are more Muslims coming to Christ right now than at any time in history. Wow. <laughs> we wouldn't think that was the case. You're not going to get that on, on the news or in the election cycle. But that doesn't matter. That's not the real news. The real news is about God spreading his kingdom. And spreading his kingdom in that case to people that, that many would say, oh no, they'll, they'll never come to Christ. And I have to wonder how often God looks down and said, who said never today? Just to show us his mighty power. And that's great news. But here's the problem. Nine out of every ten people on the earth today are spiritually lost. They're outside of Christ. Outside of personal faith in Him. Two of every three people in the world today have never once heard a clear explanation of the gospel. And one out of three in the world today, and that's 2.35 billion people, have no one near enough to them that have the gospel, that believe the gospel, that could share it with them. And in that number are people that couldn't get it over the internet or don't have access in any other way. People are lost. And we need to understand and we need to begin with that very thing. That those who are without Christ have no hope for eternity. They are on their way to eternal damnation. A godless eternity if they don't turn to Christ. And it's not just non-existence. It's punishment. But when Christ comes into their lives, His kingdom has come. You know, when we, in the fall, have people walk across 
the street and bring students over here. And over a period of nine weeks, they talk about the flow of the Bible, and it's basically just redemption history. Every single year, there are numerous, some years we've had dozens of professions of faith. When that happens, the kingdom come to crossroads, to those classrooms, to some teachers who hear about it, certainly to those children and those students and to their families. And so we see the kingdom coming to our community whenever that takes place. God's kingdom come when salvation comes to an individual. And God's kingdom comes when a believer obeys God's call on their life. Now, there's a lot of ways we can be called, a lot of things we can be called to. Let me give you some examples. God's kingdom comes when a believer obeys God's call on their life. The first one I want to mention is by going to the field long term. By going to the mission field long term. We have made up a list of people we would like to see go far away. Actually, no. That <laughs> not in that way. By the way, if you come ask me if you're on the list, I'll say, of course you are. <laughs> we pray that God will raise up people from our church. And, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, I, I joke about wanting to send people far away. But the reality is that the very people, more often than not, that God calls far away are the very ones you want to keep here. In my previous church, we prayed the same thing. And the first answer to that prayer uh, over there was that God called our children's pediatrician to a field far away. We had to send him out. I, after praying for him, I gave him a hug and said, thank you for taking care of my children. And then we lost a worship leader. We didn't lose him, but he was called overseas. He's still over there. And then our daughter Rachel and her husband were called to Turkey and they had a, one, our, their, their first child over there. So, when we pray that prayer, we've got to understand that it's got to be God's kingdom coming, or you better not pray that prayer. And God's kingdom comes when you're willing to send not just other people's children, but your own. And that's a hard one. 
when our daughter Rachel and her husband Seth came home for pretty infrequent visits. And then when they uh, brought our first grandson home, every time we would say goodbye to them and send them back, we would cry. Now, it was not because we, we didn't want them to go. It was because we would miss them. And that's only natural. Someone said to me, that's one of those prayers you pray for other people's children, isn't it? And some of you may feel that way. I don't mind praying for the children of this church. Well, not my children, not my grandchildren. But part of wanting God's kingdom to come is wanting it to come in your children's lives as well. It's it's wanting them to to be where God wants them to be, wherever that is in the world. And that can be hard from your perspective, but isn't that how we want to raise our children? Go wherever God calls you to go. We used to often have people when, when our children were in Turkey say, aren't you worried about them? And Connie and I, my conclusion was this. When when they are where God wants them to be, they are as safe, wherever that is, they are as safe as they would be as if they were in a room in our house. If that's where God wants them to be. And we really did believe that. God's kingdom comes when you go away on a mission journey. Now, for adults, that often means financial sacrifice. It often means that uh, you're giving up vacation time. For college students, it means that's time they can't be working and earning other money. For youth, same thing. And yet that's a slice of us seeing God's kingdom come. I've had the privilege of making more than 20 overseas trips. It has given me a picture of our world that I never could have had from here. Never could have had by just reading about we're studying about. It's expanded my view in a way there would be no other way that could have happened. And, and that's why I love to see people from churches I serve go on mission journeys. Because it's almost impossible to go on a mission journey without it impacting your life. And generally, it's in a very positive way And there's not a lot of things we do where I I can say it happens every time. The Elliots here, I don't want this to scare you, but that's how they started. A mission journey. It shouldn't scare you. Here we have a, a businessman and kindergarten teacher that God is using in a in a a mighty way. 
Who'd have thought, right? <laughs> Who'd have thought? God's kingdom comes when you go to your neighbor. Sometimes that's the most challenging of all. I have seen some people that have gone overseas and they are just as bold as lions, <laughs> you know. And then they get back in their own environment and they're like little lambs, little timid, you know. Nobody knows me over there, but here I'm accountable. So when you go to your neighbor, when you go to your coworker, when you go to, you know, that student you're with in school or teacher, God's kingdom is coming when that happens. And it's also coming when we partner with those who go. How do we partner? Well, one way is by giving sacrificially so that the gospel will go forth. God has blessed St. Andrew's Presbyterian in a mighty way with people who have generous giving hearts. Let me remind you of something. In Philippians 4:19, Paul says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. He'll supply every need of yours, not out of his riches, but according to his riches. He will supply all our needs. Back in 2009, shortly after the economy had just tanked, it was during that time that our mission team and our session became convicted that we, we want to we give more to global missions. This church has always given to global missions. But we want to give more. And so we determined that we would go to what most churches call faith promise giving. We, we call it faith mission giving. What a crazy time to do that. A lot of churches at that time were pulling back on their mission giving. Some churches were laying off staff. A lot of churches were having difficulty. And we even discussed that. And we said, look, here was our conclusion. If God is leading us to do this, then we've got to trust Him that He will supply all of our needs. If, if, if we're feeling called to do this, Let's do this. And so we, we went to faith mission giving. Since that time, the economy hasn't uh, uh, exactly exploded in a positive way since that time. But since that time, we built a building, we bought property next door, and our mission commitments have gone up every single year. Missions and ministries outside of our church. This is how much we give every year to missions and ministries outside of our church, out of our tithes and offerings. Over 22% of our tithes and offerings go to missions outside of our church. I want to see that grow, but um, most churches would, would love to be able to say that. We have seen God provide 
and prompt generous hearts in our people. Now, I want to make it clear. I'm not telling you that to boast about it. Don't take it that way. We shouldn't boast about it. But it's to point to God's faithfulness to His promise that He will supply all of our needs. If He calls us to do something, He's going to supply what He calls us to do. The pressure's not on us. It's on Him, and that's no pressure. Because He owns it all. God loves to bless a mission-minded church. And then the kingdom comes with prayer. When we approach the throne of grace, pleading for the advancement of the gospel, when we pray as individuals, we just heard how prayer is answered. But also when we pray together. Next Saturday morning, we are having here a tour of prayer, and the focus is global missions. Now you might say, wait a minute, what else was announced about next Saturday morning? Oh yeah, Mac Blanchard's memorial service is here at 11 o'clock. So the tour of prayer is before that. Should we cancel the tour of prayer? Let me see, what would Mac say? Kitsies on on the team that put it together. Mac would have been here. And had we had the opportunity to say, Mac, we're thinking about canceling the tour of prayer, uh, you know, so we can have a memorial service for you, he'd say, cancel the memorial service. I promise you that's what he would have said. And so we are are doing both because it's the right thing to do. His kingdom comes as a result of us praying. And that's a big part of Tim Hanley's ministry that we partner with as well. His kingdom comes when bridges are built to our community in the name of Christ. I mentioned School Time Bible. We have Grief Recovery, Palmetto Artist Series, Taking Lunch to Teachers and Staff at Crossroads, even our Car and Art Show. Here's how we define these bridges. And here's why we see those even as fulfilling the kingdom coming. You see, it's not just, it's not just when it's quantifiable that we, we say His kingdom comes. In other words, not just when we say there's this many professions of faith or this many people joined our church. That's not the only time we can say His kingdom is coming but instead anything that impacts our community in the name of Christ, anything that in the name of Christ makes our community more beautiful and brings joy, and they know that we are doing it in the name of the King, those are beautiful bridges to our community. But to be obedient to the Great Commission in Matthew and the book of Acts, our view of missions can't stop here in our community. To be sustained, our our world missions needs a strong local focus. 
But to be valid, our local focus must have a national and global component. If it doesn't, we are just preaching a truncated gospel. Because God has said His heart is for the whole globe. Who are we to say, yeah, but we're we're just going to focus on this. Now we can't reach everywhere. But we've got to ask God where He wants us to focus. And that's why we in our church have what we call focus areas. We've got four of them. We could support uh, missionaries in lots of different places in the world, and we do. But we decided some years back that we would focus on these four areas so that we could go there again and again. We could really get to know people in, in that area and really know our missionaries and church planters there and know the nationals there and really feel as though we are partnering. So I want to tell you very quickly some examples of how his kingdom is coming in those focus areas. In Bulgaria, we've heard this morning. We also know about the daughters of Bulgaria dealing with human trafficking. When they are, and by the way, we have a group praying for them uh, on Sunday morning, which is the same time that the women there are going out to try to meet with these women over there that are being trafficked. And every time they meet with them and they love them and they show them that we see you as image bearers of God. We see you with dignity before God. Every time they show kindness and love for those women that that aren't shown kindness and love in the right way ordinarily. Every time God's kingdom is advancing. Every time that happens. When children from the community in Plovdiv come to the Sunshine House and are loved there in the name of Christ, his kingdom is coming. When Gary, who who was a businessman here, when he, he talks to businessmen over there, and like we heard today, when a Christian businessman says, I'm going to quit cheating just because everybody here does it and that's the system. I'm going to quit cheating. I'm going to quit lying to the government. I'm going to bring my business into the light. That is His kingdom coming. In England, we've helped plant a church in Colcheth, penetrating the community there. And don't think of England as uh, just another America It is a spiritually dark place. Little spiritually is going on over there. Most churches are empty. In London, those we support and partner with there are reaching people from other countries, Muslim, Hindus, that in their own country wouldn't even consider Christianity, some of them because of family pressures and cultural pressures, but, but they, they've moved to England and, and they're being touched and reached by the gospel of Christ. And we're helping plant other churches in London as well. These things tell us His kingdom is coming. In Ukraine, we help with the Christian clinic there. 
every time a, a doctor treats a patient with dignity that never happens in, in the state hospitals there. They say over there, we send people there to die. But in the Christian clinic, doctors in the name of Christ will treat them with dignity and as image bearers of God. When that happens, His kingdom is coming. And that part of the world is a little more beautiful because of the light. When the church there takes in refugees from eastern Ukraine in the name of Christ, His kingdom is coming. And I've told you before about uh, Vitaly over there in that church. Vitaly, who, if you saw him um, and you heard he had been a Russian soldier, you'd say, of course he was. He looks like a Russian soldier to this day. When we first, I first went over there, we were sharing uh, testimonies. When it got to Vitaly, and he had been in Afghanistan, if you remember that, as a Russian soldier, if you remember that, it was just uh, a slaughter the Afghanis did to the Russians. No telling what that man has seen in his life. Here's how he began his testimony. And I guess he does it all the time, but he did when we were there. He said, I will not speak of the first 50 years of my life without Christ. I'll never forget that. His kingdom is coming when people like that come to Christ. He had come in Vitaly's life. Down in Haiti, amazing things are, are going on down there. The country is desperate. But we are partnering with Donnie and Louis St. Germain, Haitians, planting churches, training leaders. Uh, they're with uh, El Shaddai Ministries. They have four E's, evangelism, education, empathy, and e economy development. Uh, in evangelism, planting churches and training leaders, education, they're helping teach the, the people of Haiti to read and write. In empathy, they're providing mercy. In economy development, they're trying to empower people to, to make a living there just to scratch out a living. You know, we love our children's ministry here. And most any church in the United States, I don't care what kind of church it is, most any church would have some kind of children's ministry. Down in Haiti, churches don't have children's ministry. They just don't. The kids just come to worship and, and, and that's it. So Donnie in uh, Jeremy, which is the, the city where he primarily focuses, he, he, they decided to start a children's ministry. Uh, it now meets on Saturday because they have 500 children coming to their children's ministry from that little town. They had to move it to Saturday because they didn't have room for him on Sunday. God's kingdom is coming when we see that.
And I hope all of this encourages you in terms of our opportunities to see King Jesus advance his kingdom among us and in his world. But maybe there's something that, that I said today that either to you became an immediate heaviness. Oh, no, not that. Or a burden. Or where your heart leapt in response, saying, yes, maybe that's it. Either one of those, it is likely that God's Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. So now let me remind you of the book that we are in the middle of studying, Jonah. At the beginning of Jonah, he is called to Nineveh, called to go to Nineveh, and he decides instead to go to Tarshish, the opposite direction. His rebellion didn't start when he went to the seaport in Joppa to to get on a boat to go to Tarshish. He rejected God's desire to advance his kingdom the moment God called him. And he decided not to follow. So how does God's kingdom advance? It has to begin in our heart. His kingdom must capture our heart. And then we will be useful vessels for him. Let's bow together. Lord, not everybody is called to to go, but some are. Not everybody is called to send their children, but some are. So, Lord, will you make the call clear, whether it is for all of us to go to our neighbor and to, to pray and to give and to partner, but will you make that call abundantly clear? And then, Lord, will you supply all of our needs? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.